Lincolnshire. Non-league radio. The home of live commentary on lower league football in South Lincolnshire. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Lincolnshire Non-League Radio podcast sponsored by DWB, Timber Engineering, Angels Taxes of Boston and Newton and Fallowell Lettons. My name is Tom, commentator on the station. Today we are joined by the most recent manager to be in charge at Boston Town. It's Gary Edgley. First of all, Gary, thanks for coming on, mate. How are you? Yeah, well, good, mate. Thank you. All good. So in this podcast, we'll talk about Gary's time with the poachers his time in the game, plus at the end there will be the final instalment of this season's football pub quiz. Uh, so we will start with this season just gone. Uh, you finished ninth in the league, uh, the highest finish the club has had for 11 years. I mean, how would you say last season went? Yeah, uh, a little bit disappointed um, how we finished in the end. Um, I mean, we only finished three points off fifth, which is a position that we definitely should have held at the end of the season for me. Um, first half of the season was fantastic, really, really good. Um, second half of the season, um, due to kind of injuries, dip in form, um, some really costly decisions, officials-wise, that's, that's hurt us badly. Um, and we've not picked up the points that we should have done in the end. And, and to be fair, that's probably one of my only regrets, really, since my time at Boston, in terms of that this season, it really should have been for me. Top four finish, not alone a top five finish. We shouldn't have a top four finish, and um, really disappointed to be honest with you, not to have not to achieve that. Uh, as you said, looking at the results during the second half of the season, there was uh, some poorer results. I mean, would you say that your team perhaps overachieved a little bit at the start because Town don't normally make such as a good start as you did, and maybe got a bit complacent? I don't think it's complacency wasn't an issue. Um, we definitely overachieved. I mean. We was definitely coaching above the weight in terms of that first half of the season, and we was in terms of the resources that we have to hand in terms of budgets and so on and so forth. We um, we competed with all of the top teams, and, and um, we made ourselves a team that nobody really wanted to come up and, and play. And uh, we were great in that first half of the season. It was was for me as a manager, the manager, it's some of the best period of a team that we've managed. Uh, we really didn't care who we played. Um, we played some decent stuff. And we scored an awful lot of goals. And um, at times when we needed to, when we needed to kind of shut up shop to, to grind results out, we, we did that as well. So we had kind of both aspects of the game. And it was, it was a, yeah, it was a great first half of the season. But everybody knows this is it's half the season counts for nothing at the end of the year. End of the year, if it looks at the league position where you are at the end, and as I say, that's that's why I was a little bit disappointed at the end. And when you think really, um, the last two games we played, Hull, Ridge, and Sleaford, for me, we should probably won both those games, and that would have actually put us into fifth place anyway. But even then, it, it, I've always wanted to try and achieve as much as I can, and I always keep pushing. And, and with the players, we kind of keep on to them, and we keep pushing and we keep pushing. And, and for me as a manager, the only time I'll say to my players that I'm going to stop pushing you is when I don't think you've got anything more to give. And we we should have strived to have been in that top four finish, which would have been fantastic and a fantastic achievement for the club. And, uh, and, and as I say, it, it's still a little bit of a bit of a pill to swallow, to be honest with you. 
some of your greatest games last season were probably against the likes of Deepin, where you won 4-2, uh, Heaver St. John's away by the same scoreline as well. Then, of course, Holbeach at home, which sent you top of the league. And then you're still, you're still one of the only teams to uh, take points away from Long Eaton United as well. Would you say, looking back at your time, there were some of your best moments as your time there as a manager? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's <laughs> in, in, as a manager, you kind of look at, at some of the results that you have, and you, you probably kind of pride yourself on in terms of thinking, well, we should have probably got a result today, but something we've done, either the team set up, the system, the way we've played, different areas that we've kind of um, done to affect the game, and that always kind of for myself because I, I, I think I'm. A, quite a good tactical manager and that always then makes you feel better we've kind of gone from games and we'll come home whether we're driving back from Boston or an away game wherever and, and I'm usually kind of sat with John John Barker who's, who's with us as a, as a coach and we'll reflect on the game in terms of what we've done right what we've done wrong and um, for the majority of the season we feel or I feel that decisions that we've made on the pitch throughout games we've influenced games for a positive effect and, and hence obviously the first part of the season where we punched up other way because we've done that consistently and um, we've played a lot of games and to be fair some some games you've seen a lot of games we've played 10 15 minutes into the game we've completely changed our, our shape our style or everything to compete with the team that we're up against um to have a positive effect on the game and we've done that against the, the top team that's been that's in this league as well. Uh, we, it's, 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 it's a very, very tough league. This year has been the toughest league it's ever been. And, and I still say now, I think that if we was in the league the previous season, um, it would have been a whole new thing because I think going into the second part of the season, we'd have probably been top. Um, we'd have been up there and um, would have been challenging for the league. But... This season has become obviously very, very strong with the teams. It's been moving sidewards and downwards and whichever way forward, you know what I mean? And, and again, you look at the teams that's finished in the top 10 this season, there's only a couple of teams really in there from the old UCL that was the season previous. So it shows how strong the league's got this year. Yeah, as you say, you mentioned like the league restructuring and stuff. Do you think like all the unknown teams uh, well for you maybe uh, coming in like Long Eaton Gressley Heather some really top teams last season do you think that made a massive difference in the way uh, the league played out I mean originally when the league was looking at being restructured we thought we was going to be kind of in the Northampton part that's how it was originally portrayed to us and we was over the moon <laughs> because no disrespect to kind of the Northampton part we looked at straight away like six or seven teams in that area and gone, well, we win all that straight away. Um, but obviously, suddenly, they're not now with us and they've been replaced by teams like Long Eaton, Grisley, Skegness Town, Heather St. John, East, these teams, do you know what I mean? They're all very, very good teams. And, and again, no disrespect to the Northampton teams, but again, they're, they're far better than what these teams are. They're, they're a lot more professional. They're, they're, they're bigger budgets. They've got better players better structures in the club and suddenly you come up against some real, real tough teams. And, and there is a lot of, uh, for me, the top three, four, top four teams that have been in this league this season are effectively all playing at probably a level below where they should really be playing. 
Mm. Uh, there have been, uh, going back to Boston, there have been some setbacks this season, like uh, Charlie Ward, Carl Watkins and Joe Smith all going to Sleaford, who all made a good impression at Boston in the first back quarter of the season. Would you say losing players like that impact the team a little bit negatively or at the same time gave other players a chance to shine? For like example, uh, Jordan Tate, Richard Ford, uh, Riley Thompson and Tom Mucklin, who played across the back line since then? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, it's, 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 players of that calibre is going to hurt any team um, that's at uh, this level, 100%. And um, I think defensively, um, again, not kind of, it's not a sour grapes thing because it's not, because again, in terms of um, Charlie and Kyle and, and having the chance to maybe bring them back to Boston, and it would have always been a great thing to have done but I mean in all fairness at the very start of the season we were conceding an awful lot of goals and that's kind of credit to to Richard Ford Jordan Tate that came in as makeshift centre-arse once the two of those have gone and, and suddenly our defensive record was was far better and it was far better so that's probably kind of been an improvement um, Joe Smith I was I mean I was on holiday when Joe was going to go and, and Joe will tell you the same. I, I kind of begged and pleaded with Joe because I didn't want him to go because I knew what a, a big loss he would be. And, and to be fair, we didn't really um, didn't really replace Joe too much in that midfield area when when he had gone. Um, but again, the other aspect has been then we picked up two or three injuries, kind of midfield and defensive wise. That's then cost us even more because again, we've not had to play like I mean because. Tatey can play in the midfield. We've had young Bailey Dilly who's played in the midfield as well. But we've had to use these in defence and in, in, in other areas because we've been having those players missing. And this is when I go back to in terms of having the resources enough to compete with these top teams. And and I mean I remember like Long Eaton and the, the the final game we played Long Eaton, the, the, the away game. And in all fairness, the three substitutes that they brought on would have all walked into my team. And that says everything. Do you know what I mean? We've mm, not got yeah. that. We've not got that strength in depth in squad. And this is where you need to to have to compete into them. If you're looking at getting promoted into them top two, where like Grisley and, and where Long Eaton, where they've had that, they've had the, the strength in depth um, to to do that and to compete. And they can bring three players off the bench that are as good as anything that you've already got. And um, we, we, we've just not had that. Um, it, it's just one of those things. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a, I suppose it's not a bad thing, but we've not had the resources to be able to do that. So in terms of, as I say, for how long we competed and for the amount of time that we was in the top four throughout the season, again, I think it's a, a big credit to my players for being able to, to sustain that and to, to be able to do that, really. Yeah, that kind of links on to my next question, because for me, this next bit is quite remarkable how you managed it. For some of the games, you only had uh, at most two subs on the bench who were mainly Toby White, who's only a bit older than me, and then Laurie Borbley, who's been at the club nearly as long as I've been born. I mean, how well did the team do to stay in that top half during that period of time? And also, as well as I say, in terms of the team as well, and, and this is really what you want as a manager is because they get the, the lads that we had last season um, very honest lads um, very straightforward and they realised kind of very quickly that times at times we had to change things up during games um, before games 
to make us get results. Again, Abu Sala, who you know, many messes you call him. <laughs> Sometimes we've had to play him as wing back, or we've had to drop him right in at right back to get results, and and that's not a natural thing for him to do as a player. But we've kind of said, look, this is why I need you to do this because today we need you to do this for us to get a result here today. And the players bought into that all season um, from what we was asking them to do. Sometimes we've got to half time before and we've only been a goal up, but we knew that maybe we were a little bit fortunate to maybe be that goal up. And we've gone, well, do you know what? This second half, we're going to sit in. We're going to make the game ugly. We're going to make the game horrible. But what we're going to do is we're going to dig in and we're going to get a result out here today. And players did that and they all bought into that. Creative players like Luke White's, Fraser Bayliss, even Harry Lim at times, dropping into midfield just to make sure that we got results. And again, from, from me as a manager, you, you take great heart in that, that your players are actually willing to do that for you because they know that what you're telling them to do is the best way to get a result. And that's why kind of, as I say, we, the, the bond we've kind of created with the players is, is, is exceptional, really. And um, that's the part out of anything, really, that um, that I'm going to miss. As I say, that bond that you have with these lads, um, because you always felt that at times when we went into tough games or, or when we was having a bad day and, and we probably had four or five of our lads not at it, these lads dug in for you. They basically went to war for you. They got in the trenches with you and went, do you know what, Gaff, we're going to get this result today and, and we're all going to fight together to to do that. And that's that's the bit that's, that's kind of, that for me, that, that kept me going maybe six months or so, maybe longer than I probably wanted to, uh, in all fairness, because I knew the commitment that these players gave to me every week. And um, that was that was a, a big part of me maybe seeing out the rest of the season rather than leaving at Christmas, kind of when I originally kind of identified I was looking at leaving. So, I mean, again, they're, they're a great bunch and, and, and they'll be missed from me, very, very missed. Let's look back at your time as a whole at Boston Town. So you was there on the Gary Frost and had a great FA Cup run and then left around the same time as Gary Frost did as well. But what made you want to come back and take up the manager's job not even a year later? I, I left, to be honest with you, uh, it's, it's not a real secret and, and, and Gary knows it as well. I left because I wanted to manage a club again. And um, um, I, for me, the, the coaching side of it wasn't enough. I wanted to do the day-to-day -day running of the team. And, um, and and that's why I left. And there was no other reason than that. I mean, I left, um, I think it was end of, end of October time, beginning of November, um, when Gary left kind of in, in the January time. And um, But no, that, that is exactly why I left. I, I wanted to have more influence um, on the team. While Gary was there, in, in all fairness to him, he, he, he let me have quite a big influence on the team in terms of, we used to speak about team selections and, and bits and pieces like that and systems and set plays and all these kind of things. And, and, and I did have quite a big input into it, but it just still wasn't enough. It was I wanted to do the day to day managing of the team and, and be the kind of main focal point for that. Um, and obviously at the time he was he was the manager there. So that was why I stepped away and um, then with it, with a view to wait for an opportunity and. Um, 
Um, it wasn't a case of like expected to come back to Boston or whichever. That wasn't the case at all. As I say, we took again a little bit of time out, and um, but then when the opportunity arose, um, as I say, Mick's gave me a call, and and I went and met him, and and yeah, I, I jumped to the chance because again, a, a big part of it, me coming back into the club was um, the, the people I met there at the time. Again. Mick, the chairman, Laurie, great friends, great friends now. And um, I got an awful lot of respect for them. And um, and, I, and I could see these were kind of people that I could work with. And, and Mick's, I mean, <laughs> Mick's probably a little bit like me, a little bit like Marmite. You either love him or you hate him. And, um, <laughs> and but Mick's, same as me, is old school a little bit where we'll say what it is, do you know what I mean? And, and some people don't like that and, and some people do, but we're always kind of fairly straight, we're fairly honest, and but we will always say, well, this is what it is. And that's why I think I've had such a good relationship from, with Mick because it's been that if, if um, something I haven't felt is right, then I'll say to him and, and we'll deal with it and it's done. And, and if he thinks something is right, he'll say it to me and we'll deal with it and it's done. And then we move on. And um, that's that's why I think maybe that that, that relationship between us, as I think, has worked very, very well. So when you took over the team, the team were in the best place and looking like relegation candidates at the time. I mean, did you always know that it was going to be a hard job to get the club back up at the United Counties League table or to where the club is this season? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when when I went to Mick and, and we've said this a few times, really, when we sat down and... and uh, and again, when I talk about the honesty, kind of Mick told me then that the problems that the club was in and, and the debt that the club was in and that basically we'd got no money and we'd got no players. I think the first I sat with him on the Monday afternoon over at Boston and at the time we we didn't, we only just had enough players to kind of, to fulfil the fixture on the Saturday. Um, we was in complete free fall and, and nobody gave us a real chance. Um, but because of kind of the time that I came in, it was November time, I think, when I came in, and I knew there was enough time then that what we'd probably got to do the first and foremost was was to stay in the league that season and then to try and build from them. And um, obviously, I, I, we spoke at the time and it wasn't a short-term appointment that I was looking at, and which, again, I think at the time probably may have surprised a few people because obviously there's, there's been a lot of managers that's come and gone at the club and some of them even stayed there a year. And um, I still kind of take pride now in terms of that I'm the only manager that since Mick's been there that I've actually managed to walk away without getting the sack. And um, <laughs> But but we, we kind of sat down and, and I said to him where I wanted to be over the next three or four years because for me it was that was where it was going to take it. And, and we said the first season we wanted to stay up, we've got to stay up and um, which we managed to do the second season. Then we kind of identified a couple of things, cups wise and bits and people. We wanted to do that and we wanted to progress in the league um, and we wanted to, to kind of carry on doing that. And, and the kind of end goal really was to be become like as a top, top four, top five club. And um, over that, over that period of time. And again, I mean, you've seen clubs that's kind of come and go at this level where I pinch back to a prime example where obviously suddenly they had a lot of money chucked at them and they did one season and went flying up there and then suddenly it's all gone all gone south again. And um, whereas Boston, it's 
it's a it's a it's a club in terms of where you have to which is what we've done is where you have to start from the bottom and you have to build foundations and keep progressing and okay that progression might not be instant over a year or two but the foundations are good and that's why another part of me when when was i was leaving i kind of look back on in terms of thinking that the foundations that i've set with mick with laurie with eddie um at the club have been now very good and in terms of where and i mean i, I said to mick last game of the season when we sat down and we had a chat and I said to him could you have foreseen us a few years ago when we sat down and when we first come to the club the position we was in and the position we're now in could you have foreseen that yourself over a few years and he said no absolutely not and that kind of that makes me feel good as well in terms of that we've done that we've had a, a massive impact in that because again the work that myself and John and Laurie Degsy that we've done it's not just been on the pitch we've worked tirelessly off the pitch as well um I was a big believer in terms of kind of social media side of things where we've got Simon who does a massive massive amount on social media now and that was another big thing for me when I kind of arrived is that we need to put the club in the shop window and we need to raise the profile of the club but we need to raise the profile of the club in the right way and we need to be seen to be doing the right things because Again, players look at the club. If you're looking at to come to a club and they go, well, look out, you look at them and you think, well, they're not being run very good and they've got that issue and they've got that problems. And it's like always hard then to maybe sign players. And in that first season, we was having to bring academy players in that didn't really know anything about the club or whichever because that was the only kind of options we was get. Now where we are as a club, we can go out and we can compete with any club in this league to try and turn around and bring players in. And and that's shown last season with Harry Lim, for instance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't see anybody that would have given us, give us a chance last season to uh, to have brought a player in like that. And but that was that shown that shows where we really come over the last few years in terms of that we can attract players. And that doesn't come easy. As I say, we have to make the club in a, to shine in the right light for players to want to come and, and, and to do that. And, and like I say, I feel like that and when we've walked away from a group of players we've now left, that's a great group of players we've now left that can be built on. Um, and in terms of management coming in there now to go and sign players now would be a lot easier for them to attract players and bring players into this present group that was, that was left there than what it was going back four or five years ago, 100%. So during your nearly four years in charge there, there seems to be, to me anyway, four players who have been with you for the majority of it throughout. There are Travis Portas, Tacey, Fordy and uh, Laurie as well. I mean, sorry if I've missed any. But how grateful are you to those who have signed on to the club season on season and stay playing for you? Yeah, I mean, Tacey, I mean, I've got the, 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 the lads just... He's an absolute legend. He, um, he's one of the funniest lads um, as well that, that that you would ever likely to meet. Um, but again, when he goes out there on the pitch, just leaves nothing out there. Do you know what I mean? He gives you absolutely everything. Every single game he's done that. And um, 
this is, I mean, again, this, I don't think there's any secret in terms of that, again, when our bad run kind of went from after Christmas coincided when he was injured. And, and, and he'll tell you that as well. And he was, he was such a mess for us because, again, he's played centre-half, played centre-midfield, he's played right-back, he's played left-back. And he's, he's been a massive, massive miss for us. Um, Laurie, uh, again, is... Again, I, I can't emphasise in terms of the, the friendship that I've got with Laurie, um, the respect I've got for him as a person, um, not only as a footballer. And again, to be still playing at this level at his age and looking after himself the way he does, any kind of up-and-coming players really should kind of take note of that. And and I think the, the lads we've got at the club have got a massive amount of respect for him because of that. Because I know, they know, when we bring him onto the pitch or if he starts games, he's he can match anybody that's that's out there still, which at his age and the amount of games that he's played is, is fantastic. But in, in terms of with Laurie as well, he's been a great guy again, like John, where I can sit and talk to him. And... Um, the part and the, the main thing with both of those guys that um, has been great for me is in terms of, that, again, that they're both very honest. And at times I can kind of get wrapped up in the games and, and, and you kind of get involved too much a little bit. And, and sometimes I may step over the mark. Um, discipline whose record kind of speaks for itself. And um, but, the, but that's to do with the passion and the drive and how much I want my team to win. Um, but at times they've come to me and gone, look, that's wrong. You're wrong. And, and these are probably the only two guys that would do that. A lot of other people are go, well, yeah, it's OK. That's all right. Yeah, it's not. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I respect them even more, because they're always straight, they're always honest with me. And if I know that I've, I've, I've done something wrong, whether it's a selection or whatever it is, They'll come and they go, look, I think you're wrong. And to have those kind of people around you, you need that rather than people that are just going to be like, yes, men, where they're just going to agree with everything that that, that, that you say. That's that's not the kind of people that I want or need around me. And uh, that they've been fantastic to do that. Um, Travis that you mentioned, um, again, for me, still not fulfilled anywhere near as the potential he's got. And, and I've had argument after argument, Travis, I'll tell you that, with him, because I feel that he should be playing at a higher level. Um, but in terms of kind of his application and his attitude towards the game isn't anywhere near professional or good enough for him to actually to achieve that. And, and that's a shame because he really should be doing that himself. Um, Fordy, obviously, when I came to the club, he he departed, um, went over to Skegness, and and but he did come back. And since he's come back, he, he's been fantastic. And um, I'm not going to hold that against him in any way, shape, or form because again, I know the reasons why he left, and and I fully understand the reasons why he did leave. Um, but since he's come back, he's been exemplary. Absolutely played without the captain armband, but as a captain. And um, it showed, again, this season in terms of the trophies that he's won and picked up and the respect that he has from players in and around the club and ourselves as well. And uh, he's, he's done great for us. And, and again, another player that would go out there and give you absolutely everything, absolutely everything. It would leave nothing out there at all. And you need those sort of players in, in any team, at any level. You need those sort of players. So we're going to change the subject away from Boston Town for a bit. So 
let's uh, take it back in time a little bit. I mean, how did you get into football? Um, just the same as everybody else, really, playing youth level, um, playing when I was very young and um, where we used to live. And then we kind of moved to Skegness and, and um, played played over here again, the usual kind of where you play um, county level and these sorts of these sorts of things. Um, we was at a Wimbledon nursery team, which was there. I was there for two years um, and, and really enjoyed my time there from when I was 16 to, to nearly 18. Um, and then played locally for, for the teams in and around here. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of finished up where... Um, I ended up at a little club called Borley Marsh where I was living at the time and um, kind of going through the motions, I suppose, really, when I got into my 30s and probably football was just a, a bit of a little bit of an enjoyment on a Saturday, if you like, and um, wasn't really kind of going any, anywhere. And, and I kind of got, um, I came into management literally because the manager that was there at the time kind of left very abruptly and there was nobody to kind of else to take the job on and it was so I kind of said yeah I'll do it being a bit of a gobshite I thought well I'll be alright at this and um, I got into it kind of management wise from there um, and never really looked back I, again I speak to quite a few of my friends who again played really high levels and They've looked at kind of different management of things, and they were like, "Well, it's not the same. I don't really enjoy it." But I do in the, the the I do enjoy it. I enjoy the like I call it like sometimes like a game of chess, the the tactical side of things, um, playing a team that you should be nowhere near, and suddenly you get a result against them because of how you've kind of set the team up and and um, and, and managed to manufacture results where you shouldn't really be getting them and. Um, and then kind of on top of that as well, we, we've, I've always managed players. Um, I, I see something on an article that I read the other week um, about a professional manager and, and kind of, he's, it was a similar sort of thing, how I thought in terms of that I manage players, how I always wanted to be managed. And over the playing period of time that I had, I probably only had maybe one manager that would probably manage me um, how I wanted to be managed. And um and we do that, and, and I've done that. And, and in terms of the coaches we've got and the surrounders, I've kind of implicated that into them as well to to, to do the same thing. And, and a lot of it is 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 making players probably feel a little bit like they're better than what they are, um, giving them that confidence, giving them that belief, putting no pressure on players. And uh, I mean, I, again, it's in terms of a manager, when if we've had some bad results. If, if I don't feel my players have, have given me everything, then they couldn't expect a worse manager to come in through that dressing room door because they know uh, the response that they'll get from me, which isn't a, a very good one. And, and it's not one I'm probably proud of even. It's not. But for me, that's how it has to be. When players are playing, they have to go out and have to give everything. And that's it. And um, But in terms of say my player passes, makes a misplaced pass, my goalkeeper makes a mistake, my centre-forward doesn't score a goal, whichever, I'm not going to kill them. I'm not going to get on the backs because the simple reason being, that's not the right way forward because the next opportunity they get to do the similar sort of thing, they're probably not going to do what they naturally do because they've already got me ringing in their ears. So they do something completely different. Well, that changes them as a player. So I don't want that. 
I want them to play with the freedom. I want them to play how I know they can play because that's why I've signed them for the club. And that has to be for all the players we've got at the team. And again, at whatever level it is. And there's, as I could say, going back to playing, I've played when I used to play midfield and I've made maybe a misplaced pass or whichever and I've got managers on the sidelines screaming blue murder at me and you're thinking, what the hell are you going? Just seriously, I've made a mistake. Didn't mean to make it. I've made a mistake. But then that's on the back of your mind and it's not a good not a good place to be, I don't think, as a player. It really isn't. And um, so we've kind of always tried to implement that and this is, again, why we're the different levels that we've managed. I mean, we had uh, a team in Skegness, Skegness FC, where we won four trophies in the season. We won the cup and three trophies. Um, and we had a great bunch of lads. And the other tro- the other cup finals we've won, we're playing teams from leagues above us. Um, but again, because of they have that togetherness and that belief that what we kind of had, and we installed into them, they thought they could do anything. And when you've got a team that can believe in that and, and that can do that, and that was a little bit like going back to Boston the first half of our season. That was why we probably got a lot of the results better than what we did. Because again, that belief was there and we thought, well, do you know, we can do anything. We're not afraid of anybody. And um, it's, it's, it's in football, in any sport, it, it's huge. It's huge. that Having that belief um, and, and that togetherness of a group of any kind of players is is huge way to get results. Huge way. So we are. Uh, that is all. Almost all we got time uh, for this podcast. But we are going to end with the final instalment of this season's football pub quiz. So the score to beat is uh, Jamie Shaw, who uh, a Sleaford Town uh, board member. He got ten out of ten. One minute twenty one. <laughs> so are you up for taking it on Gary? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If I get more than two, I'm going to be over the moon. Honestly. In fact, I think the lowest score we've had is one of your former players during the first spell, uh, during your first uh, spell at Boston Town, and that's uh, James Lamley. You got three, so oh, that's pressure. That's pressure already, Tom. Pressure already. We're gone. <laughs> so, uh, so the first ten, first five questions are on Lincolnshire football, and the last ten, the last five are on football general knowledge. So. Your time will begin when you're ready. Go on then, mate. Let's have it. So, three, two, one, go. Question one. Dan French is manager of which United Counties League side? Pass. Question two. Which team plays at Carters Park? Oh, God. Pass. Question three, during your time as manager at Boston Town, which one of these teams have you not played competitively? Blackstones, Bourne or Harrowby? At my time at Boston, yeah? Yeah, as a manager. Got to be Bourne. Question four, Danny Durkin plays for which club? Grisley. Question five, what is the nickname of Spalding United? Tulips. Question six to ten is on football general knowledge. Question six, who finished fourth in the Premier League? Spurs. Question seven, Liverpool play Real Madrid in the Champions League final, but which Spanish team did they beat in the semis? 
These are too tough, Tom. These are too tough, aren't they? I should really know that as well. Um, Seville. Question eight. The only Premier League clubs not to score at the weekend were Norwich City and which other club? Watford. Uh, question nine. Which championship team are nicknamed the Tigers? Which championship? Um, Huddersfield. And question 10. Which league did Cambridge United play in? Two. Division two. That was your time. You did that in one minute and 57 seconds. So let's go over the answers. Question one. Dan French is the manager of which United Counties League side you passed. It was deep in Rangers. Oh, God. He's going to love me for that. Yeah. Question two. Which team plays at Carter's Park? It was, in fact, the place where you played your last ever Boston Town. Whole Beach. Whole Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Question three, you got that one right. You've never played Bourne in a competitive fixture at your time as manager. I believe you played Harrowby and Blackstones in your Lynx trophy run a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, question four, Danny Turk in place of which club? He scored a couple of goals against you this season for Sleaford. God, yeah. Go on then. Yeah. Uh, question five, what is the nickname of Spalding United? The answer to Tulips, you got that one right. Question six, who finished fourth in the Premier League? Spurs, that's the correct answer. Question seven, Liverpool played Villarreal in the semi-finals of the uh, Champions League. So you got that one incorrect. You said Seville. Question eight, it was Manchester United, my team, unfortunately. Yeah, Crystal Palace won, no, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Watford lost 2-1 to Chelsea. Question nine, which championship team were nicknamed the Tigers? The answer, Hall City, you said Huddersfield. And question 10, really a 50-50 guess, which league to Cambridge United playing? The answer, League One. So it wasn't a, a bad effort. I mean, I think you're a joint last, I think, with James Lambley, but I think you did it. Lambley's not beating me. As long as Lambley doesn't beat me, I'm happy, mate. I'm happy, mate. <laughs> by the way, Jamie Shaw, I had a, honestly, 10 out of 10. Wow. Wow. What a guy. What a guy. So that does bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Gary, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Any final thoughts? Yeah, no, just in terms of you guys and to like yourself and Darren and, and the the range of the profile of grassroots football, like what you guys are doing, whether it be a Saturday afternoon um, commentaries that you're doing or the, like the podcast bit that you're doing. Again, dedicating your time to do this, it's absolutely fantastic. It really is. And, and it's being done in a very professional way as well. It's not just a case that someone's picking up a tape recorder and recording it or whichever. It's been being done very, very well. And long may it continue and long may you guys keep having the success, what you're having and getting the coverage and, and the plaudits that you guys are getting as well. It, it, it's, yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Very good. And also, uh, thanks from me. Uh, as a Boston Town fan uh, myself, I just want to say thank you for your time at Boston Town. I know everything always hasn't been uh, easy for you, but I really appreciate you sticking on for as long as you have. No, it's, no, it's been, I do say, mate, the time that I had there was, was great. I've made so many friends and, and things like that. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been good. And to be honest with you, as I say, it's, it's um, a little bit heartbreaking in terms of leaving, even though it is my decision. And as I say, it wasn't an easy decision, um, but it's the decision that I feel is right for me personally in terms of what I need to do at the minute, which is taking some time away from things. And um I could have very well stayed on this season, but I would have been doing Boston and the fans and, and the committee and the players injustice because I wouldn't be giving everything like I should be doing. So 
Um, that was the, the the reason, as I say, behind me stepping away. And and I, I love the club there. I love the people there. And, and I only wish the best for it. And and hopefully, great season they'll have this season. And I'll be down supporting them with you, mate, as as a fan this season, definitely. So once again, thank you for coming on. Next week on the Lincoln Channel Radio podcast, it's the last podcast of the season. And I'll be joined by Darren Traps, where we review each of our 10 clubs this season and also pick our team of the season as well. Normally at this point, I'll tell you if there's any upcoming commentaries. We don't actually have any planned for obvious reasons, but we will be back in pre-season where we'll have some pre-season fixtures for you and also the start of the new season in the United Counties League. So once again, thank you for listening to this podcast and I'll see you next week where we'll be joined by Darren Traps. Goodbye. <laughs>